we want you to succeed in initiating your sons into manhood. Today, we continue our conversation with the author of Brave Quest. His name is Dean Briggs, and he gives us some practical and intentional tools to help with this transition on this week's episode of the Noble Man Podcast. Now, you mentioned Brave Quest. I was getting ready to go there and say, hey, so tell us how this resource just kind of unpack it. It really has an allegory feel to it with some of the place locations and the names of folks that are encountered. So what does Brave Quest look like? What is its purpose? And uh, introduce it to the dad who might be listening. Sure. So the, the, the five-part fantasy series I did was, that's just novels that kids can read. Brave Quest, though, is basically an adventure they themselves write. And so I, I, I kind of started on the back end. I want to have a rite of passage at age 13. Now, I, I encourage uh, anywhere between age 11 and 16 can work. But ideally, if you look, most of the ancient cultures, it's around age 13 that they would do this. And there's a reason. It needs to be early enough that it shapes their thinking as they move into those critical teen years. You push too late into the teen years and so much of their individuation has already happened. So much of the temptation has already happened. So much of the risk without having the sense of their own values in it will have happened. So uh, uh, age 11 and 12 is ideal to get them ready for 13. But if you've already missed that, you have a 14 to 15 year old son, I think all the way up to 16, this can be done. But I'm going to talk about it out of the ideal scenario, which is planning for age 13. So I end like you probably did, Mike, and many others. I like the idea of the knighting ceremony. But, I, you know, I, I do like kind of going all in. I kind of uh, wanted to overdo it. So the knighting ceremony, I'm going to back up from that and then get to why Brave Quest matters. The knighting ceremony wasn't just to conclude something or to tap their shoulders with a sword. I wanted there to be enough uh, ritual and gravity and momentum and process that by the time they got to it, it was like delivering the full payload. It had the emotional resonance. It had the sense of th their own satisfaction of accomplishment. This is now my passing the test. And so I, I backed up from that. And I wanted to have uh, something that prepared them for the issues they would face in their teen years. Brave Quest is an allegorical fantasy adventure. It's written first person. They open the book and they become a character named Questor. And Questor is encountered right from day one by True Man. So the True Man is leading Questor, but he's not there all the time. Questor is often left on his own to figure it out. It's 50 days of short readings. There's a lot of boys that don't like to read, but this is easy to read because number one, it's a fantasy adventure. And I don't know any boy that doesn't love a fantasy adventure. Number two, it's short readings. It's two to three pages. That's it every day for 50 days. And number three, every day ends with a challenge to them, a question to them. There's a there's a something to solve in the adventure and they have to write the solution. They have to write the answer. So I've actually got the book here and you'll see my name is not on the book. This was important to me. But if you open to the very first 
page, the title page inside, is BraveQuest, and this is where they sign their name. They're going to be the author of the book by the time it's over. And so every day, there's two or three pages of an adventure and space for them to write their answers. As they go through this kind of mythical, allegorical journey, they're going to face the cliffs of cowardice. Uh, they're going to meet Backpedaler, who encourages them, never face a challenge. There's always tomorrow. Let's go back to where it was safe. But close friend encounters them and is there for them to say, no, we've got to press on. And at the cliffs of cowardice, they have to overcome their fears. But next, they go to a place called the Valley of Curves, and they meet a mysterious, beautiful figure called Miss Terry. And Miss Terry in the Valley of Curves is a real uh, uh, person that they're going to meet someday. She's going to have a different name, but she's going to have the same kind of seductions and the same kind of confusion and the same kind of challenges for his heart to wrestle through. I'm made to desire who she is, but if I don't manage that rightly, there's actually danger in me giving myself my heart, my life, my body to that mystery before I'm ready. And, and, and if we don't prepare our sons for Miss Terry, she will prepare them for us. And, and that is not, that's not to say that there's not a beautiful woman that the Lord has prepared for our sons. Absolutely. It's going to be a godly woman. We're all praying for that girl right now. I'm still praying for my other four sons, the girl God has in store for them. But it, we have to prepare them for how to navigate the temptations of that. Well, it goes on and on. They meet a, a, a variety of characters. There's Captain Destiny on the hardship, uh, but they get on the sunship only to realize that the sunship becomes hardship and they're traveling to adverse city because there's adversities in life. There's challenges. They meet a friend called Grit that teaches them how to overcome, but they meet other guys named, you know, the, the assassin twins, Jade and Scoffer who just belittle everything and make fun of everything and the been there, done that attitude that robs them of joy, uh, grudge that is bitter about disappointments, visioneer who takes them up, a, a, an eagle, they climb up on the eagle's back and he takes them up into high places where they can dream about what they want their life to be about. All these stories and adventures that walk them through challenges they're going to face, temptations they're going to face, people they're going to meet, dangers on the road, and opportunities to grow. You know what? I love this. And I, folks, I imagine you can hear the excitement and enthusiasm in Dean's voice as he tells this story. It gets me excited. I didn't read the whole book yet, but I read the section on Miss Terry. And uh, I got to tell you, I was drawn into that because I could identify with that. As a 54-year-old guy, you remember those moments when that temptation came into your world and how that impacts your life. Guys, I have in front of me. I think Dean has the final copy. This was, I got a promo copy. So is this available for ordering just yet? It is available. You can go to Amazon. It's available right now to, to uh, pre-order. It releases on the 11th, but people can put their order in before. Okay. Then. So by the time that we play this, it will be available for you to order it immediately and, and get it. I just see this being a great asset, fellas, for you to have a meaningful experience with your son. Now, I've got some questions for you, Dean, because as a young man goes through this, what is the the interaction maybe between 
father and son as as a son is navigating this book and these these adventures so yeah let me let me just explain the 50 days is the prep time where the son is fully immersed in his own story but i encourage dads okay plan this whatever their birthday is again i'm speaking age 13 you could do it older or younger but ideally age 13 guys this is an optimal solution that he's talking about i i just go back to that old parable that says the best time to have planted a tree was 20 years ago the next best time is now so take initiative with this listen to what dean's saying and if you know, if if the timing is not exactly right, still dive into this sort of intentionality with your sons. A good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow, for sure. And it's not too late and it's not too early. So I am just giving the ideal. Here's what I did with mine. I'll give you a sample. I started at age eight with all of them. And all I did at age eight was I said, hey, something big is coming when you turn 13. That was it. Age eight, age nine, on their birthday, I said, this is a special birthday. We had the party. We did whatever that was special for eight, special for nine. But I would let them know something's coming. I wanted to build a sense of anticipation. And all of them carried that over. By the time they got to 13, they knew I'm finally there because they had been looking forward to it. At age 11, I gave them, you know, a, a, a pocket knife. Hey, you need to start to have the tools of a man. At age 12, I gave them the sex talk. And then, so there's these moments of, de of definite investment that by the age 13, now I have Brave Quest, which I just did. This is, you know, packaged nice. I just hand printed my own copies and kind of hand assembled the books for my sons. They, they, were, they went through them. They still have their copies with their, you know, 13 year old handwriting in them. They still have that, but they're starting 50 days before. It's actually 53 days before, again, in the ideal scenario. And the dads that are, are really comfortable mixing it up with their sons, you can talk to them and engage them along the way. But I also really think part of the value of Brave Quest is the, the son can get into some pretty personal stuff. And if it is that way, if it is personal, let it be personal. Don't require to read it and leave him exposed because then he doesn't know how to work through it truthfully. He's going to hedge against your intrusion. There's ways you can talk about the material without having to read the book. Let it be his book. Then in the last two or three days, this is what I call the Brave Quest experience. The book is laying the foundation, but the full experience is... Plan a getaway. It can be according to your budget, according to the region you live in. You might be in a city and you don't have the money to get outside of town. You can still be creative. I tried to do creative things that were unique for all my sons. I took one whitewater rafting. I took another four-wheeling. I took another dog sledding. I took another uh, jet skiing. So that they each have this intense kind of memory. We went out with our tent. We lived off the land. We fished. You know, all the, all those things, and I have a series of challenges that I recommend. Again, Mike, you mentioned not all dads know what to do. I think a lot of dads have the heart and the desire, but they're a little intimidated by the process. I have streamlined this. It still requires you to put in some uh, effort in planning and some emotion. You need to invest in this, but this is a turnkey system. It can be customized as much as you want, but the book takes care of their prep. When, when dads sign up on my website, I'm going to send them, here's day one, here's day two, here's day three. 
Whatever you do, here's your packing list. Here's recommended challenges. Let me give you a couple of examples. Because again, I want my son to have a sense, not only working through the book for uh, the issues he's going to face and bringing his own personality to bear, but now I want him to feel tested. And so I just did simple things. When we went out on day one and we're out on our way to where we're going to jet ski or dog sled or whatever, I'll stop at a gas station, pull over to get some gas. It's crowded enough to have people around, but not so crowded to totally intimidate them. I'll get them out. We put on our bandanas. It was kind of our tribal gear, right? We put on our bandanas. We're ready for the adventure. We load it up with gas, but before we get in the car, I tell him, this is the challenge I call loud shout. I tell him, son, there's something I need you to do because there's a series of challenges where I want you to know what it means to be a man. I said, I want you to yell out as loud as you can right here in this parking lot with everyone around. I am not afraid. And, you know, a 13-year-old boy, depending on how their personality That can be quite intimidating. What are the other people going to think? Are they going to look at me funny? Yes, they are. And that's the point. I want you to feel what it means to have other eyes on you because you are expressing a conviction that they have to deal with and they may not understand why you're doing it and you will not be understood in life and you still have to do it. And so it's just a simple little thing. We get out into the woods or whatever. I've got some other challenges, climbing a tree and reaching that one leaf that's just out of reach. But I want them to feel what it's like to go out on a limb. Bible verses to memorize. Different challenges that are low cost. But the son at age 13, 12, 13, 14, you know, they come down from that tree. They were afraid to go that far. I make it just a little further than they're going to be comfortable with. And they come back with a sense of accomplishment. So now at the end of the three days, I've planned it so that a group of men are going to be waiting at my home. They've done the 50 days. We do the three days. And now there's 10 guys there, 10 guys that are important in my life and their life. Grandpa, guys from church. Uh, you know, those kind of guys. And I tell them all, bring something costly for my son. I actually put part of the burden of the final act on the other men that are in my son's life and in my life. I'm, I'm like, guys, this is a brotherhood and I want my son to matter to you. So bring something costly. My sons have received, you know, spears from the Maori tribe. Uh, they've had stars named after them. And so we go through all of that. There's this time of impartation, the giving of the gift, why it matters, what it means, a word of wisdom from each of those men. We eat steak. We eat potatoes. We have a man's meal. And then I bought all of them a sword. There's the knighting ceremony and it concludes and we welcome them to the company of men. That 50 days with the book, the three days out and the culminating ceremony has had profound effects on all of my son's in preparing them for their teen years. They feel like they have something to protect and something to live up to. And men want that sense of challenge and accomplishment. We don't actually want participation trophies. You know, I so so much of what you're talking about resonates with me. I did a different protocol with our guys that was multi-phased, but uh, some very similar sorts of actions and activities with epic adventures, expectations, and and so I just love what you're talking about. And guys, I can't tell you enough. I can't affirm enough what Dean is talking about here about how this changes a young man's posture. If you look around at young men today, and I see this frequently. Lots of young guys are kind of hunched over. They've got their head down. 
Um, and, and they are, they don't have a sense of identity as men because they want to see themselves as courageous. They want to see themselves as bold, but my friend Crawford Loritz one time says, you can't call yourself courageous if you've never done anything that doesn't require courage. And so what we are talking about here is manufacturing some scenarios that require some courage, that require young men to do something that gives them confidence that they may be able to do something that someone else can't. And so if you want to see a young man that stands up straight with his shoulders back and he carries himself differently, you take a young man through a process like this and then he carries himself differently because he's got some confidence about who he is and what he can do in life. This is big time stuff. Let me let me ask you a couple of other questions, Dean. A couple of things came to mind. I could see myself as a dad. Now, my kids are older than this right now, but I could see myself actually going through this book as well, like getting two copies of it and writing my own story. I could see the huge value of, Dad, get this, get a copy of this book and you do the 50 days as well. If you will start with yours, then I think you will open up the door to rich, rich conversations. So I just would... Uh, Offer that as an idea. Would you agree with something like that, Dean? I, I think that is a brilliant idea. I'm sorry I didn't think of it for myself, but what you're saying is intuitively true. You can't, as the father and the man, expect your son to open up to you without showing him how to do that out of your own life. And honestly, the book is archetypal enough, if I could use that word. It's kind of a mythical story of manhood that a lot of men will get, uh, it'll be therapeutic for them. It'll be instructive and, and uh, illuminating for them in processing their own journey, even as adults. It's written to talk to a man at any age, but it's most applicable at the, as the rite of passage. But I'll tell you, when you get to the knighting ceremony and you have the 10 men over and they're doing what they're doing, those men are more likely to cry than your son is. Yes, because they realized they didn't have it. Yeah. That's right. I, we would gather, and with every one of our sons, there's men in the room wiping the tears from their eyes because they're seeing displayed something they would have longed for and didn't get, and they're so honored to be a part of it, but it's touching and healing them as well. Guys, if you're listening to this, if you've made it this far in this podcast, would you not let the sun go down tonight without letting your son hear your voice lifting him up to the Father. We need to be men who pray for our sons and with our sons. That needs to be familiar territory. They need to hear us lifting up their voice to the King of Kings. Yeah, our, our sons need our voice in their head. The days of the stoic, detached father have to end. You have to figure out how to connect with his heart and how to shepherd his soul or the world's going to destroy it. Now, we're going to finish up here in just a few moments. I'll ask you for some final comments, but I can tell you guys that, um, I, like I said, I've got three adult sons. I really could see myself buying this book and encouraging them to go through this. And you can look back. I'm just kind of imagining what I can do. I'm, I might be messing you up here, but I could imagine myself going back. And now that I can look back and see some of these experiences I could actually enumerate them and say, I know who that person was in my life that was the naysayer, or I know who the close friend was that came along beside me. And so this could actually become, even as I look back, autobiographical for my life, 
that could ultimately end up in some very rich conversations with my sons, but even others, my wife, um, there may be parts of this that my wife could understand better about me if she knew some of these things about my life and where critical moments took place where I had decisions to make about what I was going to do. Um, this is this is a manhood journey, guys, that I'm, I'm pretty excited about, to be quite honest with you, and glad that we got connected here, Dean. Mike, you're blowing me away. I mean, there's so many things that you're saying that are they just struck me. They just strike me as you say them. They're intuitively true. My whole mindset has been around the rite of passage for, you know, the preteen. But to to be able to use this as a, you know, it's, it's almost like a prayer book before the Lord to walk through my life with God and see how he has brought me to where I am. That could be such a tool for, I, I want to make the, the most of the next 20 years of my life. And and that kind of reflection could really be powerful. And again, like you're saying, another stage of the tool with my adult sons. Hadn't even really thought of it. You're, you're, you're blowing me away. Well, maybe you'll sell a few more books and uh, we'll have some more conversations and we'll see some more men walk faithfully with Jesus and, and lead themselves and their families well. Um, Dean, how can folks keep up with you, get, get a hold of you, get a hold of this book? Um, so give folks some, some ways, some handles to grab, uh, grab a hold of connecting with you. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, if, if dads will go to mybravequest.com, M-Y-Bravequest, mybravequest.com, there's the, the three steps there. If all they do is buy the book, kind of like what you were saying, Mike, if all they do is buy the book, that's a win. You've at least started something. You're doing something. But if you really want to go for the full thing, I have what I call the Father's Field Manual and the Brave Quest Planning Kit. And those are free downloadable resources. You can sign up right at mybravequest.com. You can sign up and I'll send you the Father's Field Manual and the Brave Quest Planning Kit. It's it's not a lot. It's just a, a, a the sample schedule, the packing list, the challenge ideas, and a little bit of framework for dads to help orient them to this with with some cool downloadables attached. So for example, when I didn't mention this, but like when they are first summoned to this, I have a, 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 a layout of a scroll that they can print, write their son's name in, roll it up, leave it on their bed. So when they wake up in the morning of the beginning of this, well, I've just, again, I made this as simple as possible. All of this is in the package when they sign up. And so it just makes it as easy as possible for dads to do. Awesome. So that's mybravequest.com. If you want to learn some more about Dean Briggs, um, his website, deanbriggs.com, you can find those other books. They're available on Amazon and other booksellers, I would guess. And this book should be available for order by the time you uh, would hear this podcast. So folks, Dean Briggs has been with us today. He's the author of a book called Brave Quest, and it is a, a, a journey for young men. They get to write their own adventure story as the Lord guides them on their path to manhood. And dad, this is a great opportunity for you to be very intentional in raising up your son to true biblical manhood. And uh, I just want to be reminded and want us to remind ourselves that Jesus is that model for manhood. There was and never has been anyone else who was living sacrificially and selflessly for the betterment of others. He was truly the life giver. And uh, so we just want to point our sons in the direction of Christ and that cross in his finished work there. So, Dean, again, thanks for being with us. Any final comment? 
No, Mike, it's been great being with you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. Bunches of fun. Well, folks, this is the end of the Nobleman podcast for today. Would you uh, give us a review there? We'd love to hear from you and share this with someone else because I am 100% certain that what you heard today If it resonates with you, it would resonate with someone else. So please share it with someone that you think would benefit from hearing this. Go out and order a copy of Brave Quest and uh, use it to invest in your son or maybe even someone else's to help them on their journey to manhood. God bless you, folks. We'll catch you next time on the Nobleman Podcast. 